everybody. Welcome back to Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. Coming to you guys today with a very interesting topic. I'm sure all of you have been presented with at some point, have thought about, especially these last couple years where, you know, the the used car market versus new car market has been a little bit backwards, a little bit upside down in terms of, of valuation. You could sell your car, your used car for, you know, more than it's worth, more than you actually paid for it in some cases. And the lack of inventory, the lack of, of you know, chips for, for new cars. And so that was creating inventory issues, supply constraints on new cars, but also some rising prices for used cars, which is very, you know, unusual. Usually, usually a car is a depreciating asset or not even an asset, but in my mind, a liability. But it is a form of creating a need or resolving a a problem that you have in terms of getting from point A to point B in your daily life. And we all have transportation needs. Some are different um, based on where you live. If you live in a more rural area, you probably definitely need a car, but maybe in that rural area, you're self-sufficient off your you know, own land and you're living in a small town and you can walk places or you know, use a bike or scooter, or, or maybe you live in a big city where, like New York City where there's really significant public transportation. Anyways, this whole conversation is very, it's very unique to each person and their circumstances, their need for transportation. But I did want to just, you know, tackle this conversation because I think it's an interesting one to think about. And as we kind of close this episode, I have a really interesting example I've been working on because my, one of my business partners, he approached me the other day and was like, hey, I lease is you know, why shouldn't I lease? Tell, give me a good reason why I shouldn't lease. Show me the numbers. This is what you do, right? So run me an analysis on why, you know, leasing is, is worse than buying outright. And so I went through the numbers and, you know, some of those I think will surprise you in terms of leasing generally, but there are some general rules of thumb that I want to kind of talk about first before we get into this very, very specific example of a lease versus buy cost comparison. So the first thing I want to say is generally, you know, with the anomaly of the past two years kind of out of the equation, buy, waiting and buying a, a car that's used maybe like two or three years old, that's what we did with one of our cars that was should have been, you know, $30,000 more. Luckily it was not. But in, in most cases, if you really want to minimize your transportation costs with without just eliminating a car altogether, is buying a used car, typically like a Honda or or a t- Toyota, some some car with the, associated with that those those makes because they will give you the biggest bang for your buck. They typically last very very long with very low maintenance costs, and maintenance costs are a big consideration, especially when you're looking at lease versus buy comparisons. And then of course you guys are probably well aware, but not only does you know a car a car's value depreciate, but the usually along that depreciating curve is an is an increase in the maintenance costs and just general repairs that you'll have on your car as you drive it and put more miles on it. More things tend to break, more catastrophic things tend to happen. That just kind of happens with the usage of, of the car. But I wanted to talk a little bit just very quickly about 
what I see as are some pros in leasing and some cons in leasing. And then we can really kind of dive into the example here. So one of the pros, and I've never leased, so I'm going off of, you know, information that I've, that I've gathered because I don't have experience doing this because I've never leased. But, you know, one of the pros in leasing, and, and that I hear, I've heard it from people, is that you don't, you know, obviously you're typically leasing for like 36 months, so for three years. And you're sometimes having to put, you know, some amount down, sometimes not. But the benefit is that typically you can get better monthly costs for leasing because, you know, one, they're, they're taking into consideration when they're giving you your lease, so your monthly costs, and then the, the duration of the lease, they're looking at the value, they're assessing the value of the car and then subtracting out the residual value of that car. So basically what you can sell it for, you know, 36 months later, they're assuming that you're going to use it for 36 months, bring it back to the, de- the dealership, either renew that lease or get a new lease, new car, you know, or keep that car. And then now you're turning it into a loan. But essentially what they're doing is taking what that, that monetary value should be and then dividing it out by the 36 months plus some interest. So typically you will see that your monthly payment on a lease for the exact same car, if we're doing like for like, and I'll show you this in my example, is less than what you'd be paying for a new car. And that is also like very dependent on, you know, your, the, the lease term versus your loan term, of course. But for our example, to keep everything like for like, we did 36 month lease and a 36 month loan. So that'll be shown to you guys a little bit later. But essentially what you will find is not only your monthly costs are typically lower than if you were to get the same car and get a loan for it for a brand new car. And also typically, not always, but most of the time, the dealership will take care of all the maintenance costs during those three years. And typically those first three years are, you'll either have you know little to no maintenance costs Typically you have something because obviously you have to maintain it, oil changes, tire rotations, alignments, stuff like that. But, you know, they will take care of all that. So that is a huge, you know, consideration when you think of not only the, you know, inconvenience of having to deal with that, but the monetary value that is associated with that. So those are kind of some of the pros. The, The other thing, the one last pro that I forgot to mention is if you are one of those people who you already are buying a new car, you know, every couple of years anyways, you like the latest and greatest, you always want to have like the newest technology, the best car, you can, huge caveat here, you can afford it. It's something that also maybe doubles as a hobby for you. So you're a big car person and that brings you a lot of satisfaction personally, then, you know, that is, it does remove or it maybe not eliminate, but it does decrease the the pain of having to go out, you know, seek out a new vehicle, go to a new dealership, go find somebody and, um, you know, and and deal with that all over again after two or three years. So it does alleviate some of those inconveniences that, that come with you having to do it on your own. You can, you can, you know, when you bring your car back after your lease is up, you just grab a new car, you know, and then redetermine terms and then you're on your way. It's, it's fairly simple, fairly easy. So, the cons. I just like for me personally, because I'm always very driven toward no payments, like the least amount I can pay a month is best in my opinion all the time. And being that cars are depreciating assets and literally like the minute you drive it off a lot, it, it loses, you know, 
X percentage of its value. To me, like always and forever, the idea of always having a payment is it's not something I can get past personally, like not something that sits well with me. I'm always running quickly towards not having a payment. So that in, in a sense is to me a con for leasing is like you never, you never not have payments. And so, you know, that, that and also that it is a depreciating asset. So you're always paying towards something that is depreciating. It's not something that is any kind, form or fashion of an investment, unless you're, you know, one of those people who are investing in classic cars, which is a whole different story. That's not really the goal here. The goal is to, again, satisfy your need for transportation. But, you know, those are, those are some of the big things there is like you're, you're spending money constantly and forever on, you know, on, on that depreciating asset essentially. Okay. Now we're going to get into our example. I think this, this is kind of the fun part for me. So again, I was, we were literally on the road uh, last week on the way to Dallas and we were talking about this, my business partner and me, and he has a Land Rover Defender and he leases it. So for the sake of argument and also so that I could show him the numbers because he actually genuinely wanted to see the numbers, I'm going to use his car as my example just so that you know we can kind of you know, look at the specific numbers, look at the specific maintenance costs over time, look at what a, a, an actual loan would look like, look at what the payments would look like, etc. for this car. Again, the caveat here is that depending on the type of car you're looking at, they will have varied maintenance costs. They will be more or less reliable. And there, there's just so many other variables you need to think about on a car by car basis because cars, manufacturers are all very different. So like, domestic versus you know versus foreign you have to think about all these things because typically that will impact also the overall cost will it be by a ton you know probably not and then of course if you're going more towards like luxury cars i know for example we have an escalade and that thing like if you, every time we go to cadillac it's it's a significant amount of money so like if you go towards more luxury cars you're going to be footing a bill not only for the actual purchase price of the luxury car but for the maintenance. So that always needs to be taken into consideration. Think about what you're paying for the luxury car over, you know, for us, it would be the Escalade versus the Tahoe. Think about that percentage increase that you're paying and, and associate that with any maintenance costs or really any cost for the vehicle going forward. You have to understand that you're going to be spending X amount more because your car is, you know, a quote unquote luxury car. So in that respect, and after I really talk through this, this example, it might not be a bad idea if you are a type of person who really enjoys your luxury vehicles and wants the latest and greatest, you know, all the time. You don't mind, you know, paying for a car for eternity. You're not one of those people who, who will drive a car into the ground like me. Then, then leasing may be a better option for you because typically if you look at the two options side by side, and we'll do that here in a minute, there is a break even point, at least in this example, and I'll share what that is. And then, so, so you have to hold on to a car for quite a, a, a while before, before it's really the tipping point, point changes from leasing being a better option to buying being a better option. And then again, this is specifically on buying a new car versus leasing a new car. Okay, so back to my Land Rover Defender Example, so I noted that the total MSRP here is $54,975, okay? So with that being said, I put in all the same information for leasing and for buying. So I'm assuming 
we're putting $2,000 down to lease or to buy. So for the lease or for the loan, we're putting $2,000 down. We are offering no trade-in. So for the lease, that's for 10,000 miles a year. And that is for a 36-month 30, lease. For a loan, again, no trade-in, that is for a 36-month lease, which I know most people don't do because that's very aggressive. I prefer you do it if you have the money. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way you know you can afford your car. But for the sake of simplicity and having all factors being, being equal, we did a 36-month lease. I did it two different ways. In my full-blown calculation, I used the 5.23% because that's realistic to what's happening today. That's actually what... I'm being quoted at today, which is October 21st, 2022, where interest rates are rapidly climbing due to inflation and the Fed trying to get inflation under control. So using that 5.23% at a 36-month loan, we're at our, our monthly cost, our monthly payment is at $1,593.18. For the lease, we're looking at, for a 36-month lease, so the same term, we're looking at $724.50. So that's pretty significant. That's almost like double (laughs) what you would be paying for the loan versus a lease. So your initial thought is like, wow, I should definitely lease, right? Like that makes more sense. And I, I think in a lot of cases in the very beginning, it definitely could and does make more sense. Again, this is if assuming that you're not the type of person to keep your car forever, you're not really interested in not having to make car payments, so on and so forth. So that's, those are just the numbers you know, to, to give you guys an idea of, of what it would cost you per month. So when I take those numbers and I actually plug them into a 10-year life of owning that car. So for example, when I look at the leasing, I put the $2,000 plus the... a month in for year one, and it gets me at like about $10,694. And again, we're not considering insurance and gas, we're considering all that equal. And so we're kind of taking that out of the equation here because you would need, it essentially would go up both proportionally the same amount, but that is essentially just the car payment plus the the 2,000 down you put um, that first year, right? So then every year after that, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going out to 10 years, would be $86.94. So $8,694 per year to lease this car. So if I'm buying, it is much more per year, but at the same time, so, so year one, you're still putting your 2000 down because I assumed we're, we're just putting the same, you know, all else equal, same down payment on, on each option. So 2000 down plus... that would be for the loan for year one. And actually that'd be the loan for year one, two, and three. And, And then plus what I'm adding in here is I found calculations. And again, they're upward, upward trending as the car gets older. I found maintenance costs per year and the probability of those aren't hundred percent. So I'm kind of going worst case scenario here, but I'm putting in those costs. So for example, for year one, we're looking at $656 for year one in, you know, maintenance costs and repair costs that includes repairs. So anything that we need to do to the car outside of, you know, just normally driving it, putting in gas, so on and so forth. So again, so for year one, you're talking about, you know, about a, a you know, the double, double, double the cost 
to, to buy it or to take a loan out on the car versus leasing the car. So again, year one for leasing is 10,694. Year one for buying or taking out a loan is $21,774. I'm not gonna go through every single year with every single number, but I do wanna point out as, as this stretches out, the numbers for the lease don't change and like they probably should change. So I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of showing you guys that I'm being a little conservative on the lease side because I'm not accounting for every time you, every you know third year when you, you sign up for a new lease, it's probably gonna cost more potentially due to inflation. Maybe if, if we're buying a new car or um, leasing a new car uh, or a different car, it could cost more. But for the sake of argument, let's, we're assuming here that we're gonna keep because we're keeping the car in the buy option for the full 10 years, then we'll keep the car in the lease option. The worst case is I'm not in, in, you know, in, including any inflation increases there. But for basically year one is the only one that's different because we had that 2000 down and then year two through 10, we still have that 8694, but you have it forever because you're never losing or getting rid of that payment, right? So it's, it's very different, obviously, for buying. So for the buying, for year one, it's 21,774. For year two, it's 19,881. And that's because you don't, you no longer have that 2,000 down payment in that second year. For year three, it's 20,050. And it's funny because you're probably like, why is it going up for year three? Well, that's because your the assumed and the estimated maintenance costs are going up. So again, as your car's getting older, your maintenance costs are increasing. I'm showing them in this calculation increasing from year one being 656 to year 10 being 3451. So that's, you know, almost $3,500. That's a significant increase. But again, the caveat there is those numbers fluctuate based on the type of car ultimately that you're going to buy. So then what the, the beautiful thing is year four is when that, that cost, that cost per year to the buyer really drops off, right? So now we're only assuming that maintenance cost for, you know, the year four through year 10. So that's kind of helping us out on our, our buying, you know, case study, so to speak. So that being said, I actually totaled out, I, I totaled out the, the 10 year cost to lease versus buy. So after 10 years, the cost to the person um, leasing would be $88,940. After 10 years, the cost to the person buying would be $77,923. So that's about $11,000 less to buy the car versus leasing. But again, that's when that's when your behaviors really start to make a difference here. And I'll actually show you the, I'll talk to you guys about the break even number and in terms of year. But that's what makes this really interesting is it really kind of makes sense to lease if you're going to continuously change out your car. You know, if you know you're gonna change out your car every two or three years, you might as well lease because you're actually gonna be spending less money in the long run. You're not gonna be spending the money on the maintenance and you're going to be spending a lot less probably in interest and and they're and they're generally going to just give you a lower payment. So there's a couple of reasons why leasing could be a good option if and only if you have that in my opinion very bad habit and bad behavior of buying a new car all the time. If you can afford it, do it. Like by all means. But if you can't afford it, you probably should shift your behavior away from doing that. Anyways, we shouldn't be doing that. 
However, let me go and tell you some other numbers. So after three years, which is really where the bulk of the payments are made if you're buying, because we did a 36 month loan, after three years of leasing, you'd have paid $28,082. After three years of buying, you'd have paid $61,705. So that is significant. It's a very significant difference. As you'll you'll see here, I did after seven years and after eight years. So after seven years, it's much more neck and neck because again, you're no longer paying that, that really, really high loan. You're not paying that loan anymore because you paid it off in year three. So after seven years to lease, you're at about $62,858. And after seven years of buying, you're at $68,626. So you're still, it's, you're still a little bit better off leasing and that's after seven years, but you're re, it's really getting a bit more neck and neck there. I will say the, the, the turning point, really the break even point was after year eight. So year eight for leasing was $71,552. And after eight years for buying was $71,416. So slightly less than the total cost to lease. So again, that kind of, it, it makes you think of also, you know, first of all, what you're going to buy. And again, this is like a brand new car scenario. So what you're going to buy versus how long you're going to keep that car. And if you can estimate any of the maintenance costs and the repairs that you might see for the life of the car. And if you want to deal with the headache, if you have the money to not have to deal with the headache, so on and so forth. Because I mean, I've known people at the very end of their life that they, their, the whole engine exploded or the whole engine died. They had to replace transmissions. A car that should have been worth 15,000 was they sold for 500 for parts. So things happen and, and obviously there is that, there is that timing where maybe you have it for just a little too long and it really, you're not getting any money back out of it. And, and that can, that can hurt and that can burn a lot of people. But I just wanted to share some of those numbers. So I think it's interesting and it kind of gives me a different perspective on leasing. Cause like I said, I've always hated it with a, um, fiery, fiery passion, but I think there are ways that it can be effective to minimizing your transportation costs if and only if you know you're in a financial very financial well-off place to do it and if you're already of the behavior of replacing your car every two or three years maybe even every five years at this point I mean as I look at the numbers for this one car but again this is one specific example one specific car but hopefully it gives you guys a little bit more to think about when you're thinking of the lease versus buy decision. What's right for you, what's right for your family, what makes sense for your short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. But that's all I have for today, guys. As always, respect yourself by respecting your money. We'll talk soon.